RJ Austin was named to the inaugural Lou Gehrig Impact Team. Looks to continue to stay hot as Dayton comes to town. Let's get after it. Let's go. You are Locked On Bandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Ahead of this matchup later on today with Dayton, RJ Austin is a special, special player. Uh, he was named to the inaugural Lou Gehrig Impact Team. We'll talk about what that looks like. Jonathan Vastine, also a key player to watch out for. They both look to remain red hot versus the Fly Boys. So it's the Vandy Boys versus the Fly Boys. Uh, also, the Commodores just need to get Braden Holcomb into the lineup ASAP. I'll tell you what that means as well. And really, what does Dayton bring? The Flyers or the Fly Boys, as they call them. Uh, what do they bring to the table? So we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at all that. Also, Nate Johnson, is he a better deep ball thrower than Diego Pavia? Well, thanks for making Locked on Vandy your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, Join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com to get started. RJ Austin is special. Absolutely special. And what does that mean exactly? Well, not only did RJ Austin get off to a monster start this this season with uh, in their in their opening series, um, he hit, he hit four seventeen with a home run, a double, and five RBIs, uh, four runs, and two steals in the opening series against FAU. If that wasn't good enough, well, it looks like. Looks like RJ Austin is getting some attention for his off the field stuff as well. He was named to the inaugural Lou Gehrig Community Impact Team, as announced yesterday by Phi Delta Theta in partnership with Live Like Lou Foundation. Um, they recognize some of the best in baseball as far as their uh, off the field stuff. They demonstrate according to what their key areas are, demonstrating substantial commitment to their community through service and philanthropy, embodying the generous spirit and character of Lou Gehrig, and making remarkable contributions to the success of their respective teams. So not only is he successful on the field, he is successful off. So um, that stat line I just gave you, in addition to that, uh, one of the things that ha- one of the things that he really did to help himself with this uh, with this award and what what uh, garnered him some recognition, which I'm sure he probably did did this without expecting any sort of recognition. It's always good to get recognition for some of the things that you do uh, within the community, but again, that's not why that's not why he does it. That's not why a lot of people do it. Some people, yes. The reason that I'm having to have this conversation is that some people actually do uh, do that for just attention, and when they're when the camera's off, they're you know bad people. I don't feel that way about R.J. Austin in any in any way, um, but he is um, he is working with the Special Olympics in Tennessee. Um, that's his that's his main contribution. Um, the things that he does with that event um, here in the state of Tennessee, 
is absolutely amazing, and he is uh, he's made a huge, huge impact um, there, and and uh, you that doesn't go unnoticed, and the leadership that he displays in the community, the performance that he puts off at the plate uh, as a you know as just a sophomore is the reason why he's one of the he's is one of the reasons why he's special and he's he's a team leader. So um, RJ Austin is a great great player to have on the field. One that uh, he was named to the Lou Gehrig Community Impact Team, which is a huge huge honor. Um, he's going to look to continue his red red hot start later on today. Um, it is uh, four thirty his first pitch. Um, at the Hawk uh, against the Dayton Flyers or the Flyboys. And uh, he's going to – one of the things that makes him special at the plate as well as special in the community is just his – well, makes uh, just his generosity and kindness and, you know, servant leadership qualities that he has um, in the community. But what makes him so dangerous at the plate is the fact that he has really, really good plate discipline. He – He's very selective. He will. Um, he has no problem taking the ball down to right field, left field, spraying into the gaps. He can drive it. Uh, he drove one over the monster uh, in the opening weekend uh, against FAU on Friday, uh, a three-run shot. Um, he he can run, steal. Um, if he gets on base, it's 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 menacing. Um, so him. Bastine and and Hewitt are the three base stealers. So those guys get on base, and it is like it's going to put some pre- some severe pressure on the pitcher and catcher uh, to to make sure that they know their presence on the base paths. And he's a guy that can score from first. So just an overall dangerous player um, in uh, in the field. And and what makes him so special as well is that he he can play multiple positions. Like right now he's the center fielder, but there's times where they made some switches and he ended up playing second base, which I think he came in as an infielder. And that's one of the, uh, as Derek Vandegrift um, noted, that's one of the recruiting strategies that Tim Corbin has. He's one of those old school guys is, Hey, I'm going to get his, I'm going to stack as many athletic infielders as I possibly can, because it's easier to convert an infielder to an outfielder than it is vice versa. So RJ Austin, brings that to the table. He can DH if he had to, um, but his, he's so valuable in the field with his range in center field or his ability to to play um, up the middle gaps and things like that at second base as well in, in the middle infield if absolutely needed uh, that, to get uh, Cozeal in, uh, in with uh, RJ Austin or Jaden Davis. Like, There's a lot of options there in the middle infield, but RJ Austin being able to play all over the place gives them those options to be able to play some of the other guys that also are pretty hot at the plate. So, um, big time honor for RJ Austin, uh, and uh, you know, big time performance so far uh, from him as well on the field. So, looking forward to seeing like him continue this hot streak of of just tearing the cover off the ball, as I say. So, um, RJ Austin, congrats on that. Um, as I said, uh, also Jonathan Vastine is somebody that has garnered a lot of recognition uh, in the uh, in the opening series. He hit 455. He also had a home run, two doubles, and 
he drove in six as well. Um, he is uh, he's somebody that was an integral part of setting up some of the early runs in the uh, in the in the Sunday capper. Um, he was he drove in the game winner, um, game winning double. One of his two doubles was the game winner on Friday. Uh, where he where he plucked it down the line, just I mean, just barely out of the reach. So uh, these two guys, I, I think, when when you look at these two guys, yes, R.J. Austin is special. He, he has leadership qualities on and off the field, but Jonathan Vastine is right there with him. I mean, Jonathan Vastine was All SEC second team um, at shortstop. I can see him continuing that effort and maybe earning first team All Conference honors. I mean, he is he is tearing it up at the plate. Um, he is defensively, he's been great uh, for for Vanderbilt and just one of those players where if you need a big clutch hit or you just need to get somebody on base, he's going to do that and he's also going to be trouble on the base path. So those are two guys that I think when, when Dayton comes to town or any team for that matter comes to town, but Dayton is the, uh, is the, the, the first one to – to, to have to deal with this since uh, since the first series. But those two guys, like, you have to kind of figure out, okay, what can we do? Who's hitting around them? And how can we keep them from terrorizing our lineup and terrorizing the base paths while they're out? And you have to figure out how to get those guys out, and that's a nightmare. That is truly a nightmare on getting those guys out. So two very special ball players. I think they're the keys right now to Vanderbilt's success. And you have to – it's very stressful thinking about how to get them out. So I don't know. Like if I'm the pitching coach, you know, they probably didn't sleep very much last night, probably sitting at Continental Breakfast this morning going, hmm, we gotta get this guy out and this guy out. How do we do it? Okay. Um, yeah, this is this is not gonna be fun. So anyway, but uh, yeah, congrats to RJ Austin, special special guy. Um, probably one of the more special guys on the team. Uh, Jonathan Vastine and uh, all that good stuff. I mean, those are two guys you really have to contend with. But you know, um, you know, an- another guy that comes to mind when when you're trying to figure out, like one of the things in that Tim Corbin is trying to do right now. He's trying to figure out who fits where, and it was good that he got some of his young guys in on Sunday. So he can kind of figure out where these lineups are going, but um, Braden Holcomb needs to get into that lineup pretty, pretty quick. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. All right. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. That's right. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. So bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. That's right. All right, welcome back. Segment number two, 
Welcome to the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And speaking of you everydayers, thank you for making this all possible, right? It's baseball season, guys, so buckle up. We're going to do a lot of baseball because, let's face it, that's what Vandy is about. They love the baseball. We love the baseball. We all love the baseball. College baseball is great. It's uh, if you like, if you like a, a, a sport that's spruced up with some offense, watch college baseball. There's plenty of hitting going on there. So speaking of hitting, Braden Holcomb. But when you think about Braden Holcomb, make sure you make Locked On SEC your second lesson, just so you know. But uh, anyway, Braden Holcomb needs to get in the lineup. I mean, I'm telling you, the, that guy. Is, is he's going to be special as well. I mean, he's just a freshman, so maybe it's one of those things where, okay, well, he's young. He hasn't had that many at-bats. Um, you know, got to let him, you know, got to let him get in there and got to let him just kind of grow into his role. But let's be honest. Like, you want to talk about somebody that, Probably hits with a little bit more power than uh, than RJ Austin, or has the capability of doing some or doing so. I, I think you have to figure out how to because, like, you have a you have a hole at third base. He's a third baseman by trade. He's one of those infielders that can play outfield like RJ Austin. That's kind of the Tim Corbin model, as I said. Um, but he's just one of those guys where you've got to figure out how to get him into the lineup because you have to figure out how you can take advantage of his bat, how you can make sure that he is somewhere playing defense for you because he's got range as well. So he could play, he could play the hot corner for you or he can play somewhere in left field because like you have some options too in the outfield because like you have you have Hewitt, you have Lenave, I can't say that name. I I heard it all weekend. Um Lenave and you have RJ Austin and you have Braden Holcomb and you have Jack Bolger, which I think Jack Bolger, I mean he had a tremendous he had a pretty good weekend as far as, you know, obviously taking the first pitch of the season yard. But like, I I think with him, it's going to be a consistency issue where like you're going to get all these hot and cold performances and you're not going to get somebody who's, who consistently hits the ball, you know, in baseball terms, consistency is all relative, obviously. But um, you know, with, with Braden Holcomb, I, I think you have a chance with some youth in there. Like you have a guy that can play with range in left field. Um, you have a guy that can take over at third because I don't think, I don't think, um, Davis Diaz has taken hold of that, uh, taken stronghold of that third base spot yet. I, I don't think that's happened. And you have a chance to really kind of get in there a little bit. And so he's going to, like, I, I think with the, and, and the reason I bring up Braden Holcomb's name is I think the reason why he's going to get an opportunity is because Dayton comes to town and Eastern Kentucky comes out. So stay tuned for that. That's a storyline I'm looking forward to is Braden Holcomb, somebody that we were all excited for as freshmen, all excited for in the scrimmages. Maybe some of his little uh, little minor injury things were uh, were things to 
you know, monitor and, and the reason why he's not in the lineup right now because that guy can hit, that guy can play defense. So um, stay tuned for that. But uh, Dayton comes to town. And what do they bring to the table? So what are we going to see from Dayton as they come to town? Well, um, they have a catcher, DH, um, named Ryan McDougal. He's just a freshman. Um, he made a, he made his debut against Lindenwood this weekend. He hit he had five hits, five uh, runs driven in. Uh, he scored two himself, had two steals and a double, and also his first career home run. So uh, the dude was very productive at the plate. Um, you have uh, their pitching is, uh, you know, if they happen to get ahead in the game and they bring in Nick Wisman, he's really good at closing the door. Um, he's a really good um a really good closer there had a uh, had a two inning um, two inning outing in uh, I think on Saturday um, he had his first successful multi multi inning back to back multi inning saves um, since two seasons ago um, so he's somebody that has a little bit of uh, has a little bit of endurance for a closer which you don't see very much so exciting well. We won't be Vandy. <laughs> the Vandy boys won't be excited to see Nick Wisman because he is he's very very effective, and they have no problems, no qualms bringing him in in the eighth to say, okay, we need six outs for you to go get this save. Let's go get it. Um, you have Chris Pagero. Um, he was uh, he's sharp as a starter. I don't know if you'll get him. He's more probably more of a weekend guy, but he threw four innings. He allowed one run on one hit he also had uh he also had a career best nine strikeouts um so that was okay that was impressive uh the reason why i don't know what the scores were in these games uh as, as i as i talk about this i'll look it up but like i imagine he didn't um didn't pitch all that much because they probably were dominating and they just wanted to get some other guys in so um, but those are some names to kind of look out for. I don't know if you'll see Chris Pagero. Uh, you may because it's a you know they want to see what he looks like against stellar competition. So um, I, I am I am excited about it. And so um, they're getting ready for um, they're getting ready for a big series against Gonzaga, which that's weird to say. Like it's almost like Gonzaga. It's almost like we expect Gonzaga to not play any sports except basketball, which is, which is kind of funny, but um, just looking forward to one, one of the things, one of the, one of the storylines, um, obviously RJ Austin continuing to be hot. Uh, Jonathan Vastine continuing to be hot. Um, seeing if Braden Holcomb can crack into the lineup. That's those are three storylines that I'm really fired up about, but I also want to see, who the midweek starter is going to emerge to be? I, I think there's going to be two opportunities for two guys that we don't know um, that are going to get into those roles. Um, I think you're going to see the bullpen solidify. So is Sawyer Hawk, Hawk's going to be the closer? Um, you know, where does Ethan McIlvain fit into this whole thing? Um, he had a pretty successful outing. Uh, where does what does Ginther go? Like some of these guys, like they need to carve out some roles in the bullpen. Uh, Carter Holton. Need to get him some starter reps because he's not a bullpen guy. We talked, I talked a little bit about that, but he's not a bullpen guy. Uh, so we need to see if we can get him some starter reps as well. Um, uh, Dukanich, I think, is somebody that has a lot of promise. It was one of those, like, eh, you know, like you don't really know how to feel about his outing. 
but I think it's going to be pretty solid. And, and I think pitching is something that you just can't worry about early on. So I'm excited to just kind of see where this pitching goes. It was actually when you look at the stats, just for for the overall series, if you just look at the the 30,000-foot view, 5.67 ERA, strike uh, had 29 strikeouts uh, to only 13 walks. They surrendered one home run and uh, surrendered a 220 batting average. So if you kind of look at that as a whole, those are really good numbers. The ERA doesn't excite me as much, but like those are really good numbers for the most part. And a lot of people would be very, very happy with that. It's just that those some of those runs that led to the 5.67 ERA came at really bad times. Some of those walks came at really bad times. Some of those 29 strikeouts were so a lot. Some of them were like much needed, like extremely clutch strikeouts, but some of them were just kind of stat patterns, but like the one home run was like crippling for, uh, for Vanderbilt. And so it's just, there's just one of those things where you, you just have to kind of take the stats as they are. And you're hoping that they can get like a better, you know, you, you hope that they can get a better, uh, more consistent, uh, uh, performance out, out of the pitching staff. And like over the course of a series, if your home run is inconsequential, inconsequential um you're hoping that when the pitching is a little bit down in those moments they can at least score some runs to kind of get your pitchers comfortable because it's all about confidence and complimentary baseball and that's that's one of the keys and i want to see if vanderbilt can do a better job of playing that complimentary baseball because they can they should and that's how you get things going um, on, on, in baseball. It's, it's all about complimenting, pitching, complimenting, hitting, and vice versa. So uh, Dayton, later on today, 4.30 at the Hawk. Be there. Cheer on your, your Commodores. And I'm looking forward to a game. I'm looking forward to a hell of a game. So, um, yeah, that's right. But uh, Nate Johnson, Diego Pavia, who's got the better deep ball? We're going to find out here in just a second. All right. We are also presented by LinkedIn Jobs. So when you're hiring for small your small businesses, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, what makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. 
Welcome back. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show here. We got about, well, actually now six minutes left. Uh, thank you for making Locked on Vandy uh, your first listen each and every day. Thank you. If you were an everydayer, there's almost 200 of you uh, subscribed. So make sure you do that. Make sure you tell your friends, get them subscribed, get them on board. We want to be the biggest Vandy podcast out there. We're not the only one, unfortunately, but we want to be the biggest one. And so we, we got to get the subscribers. I was stoked the other day when I looked on Google. I was just researching something, and I saw in the videos thing on a Google search, my video was number two. So um, that's not bad for a startup. So I'll take that. Soon it'll be number one. But anyway, all right. This is the ongoing saga of who's going to start at quarterback. Here comes the, you know, the, the carousel. Is it Pavia? Is it Nate Johnson? Is it, you know, it's going to be between those two. Let's just, let's just call that what that is. But, you know, a lot of the factors is going to come down to like, I think part of what Tim Beck's offense does and, and forces you to do, no matter who's playing quarterback. There's some aspects he's able to tailor to the strengths of who's playing quarterback for him. But I, I think one of the factors that you need, no matter who you are, uh, is is good deep ball accuracy. Because like you're gonna have to take some shots downfield if you're gonna stretch a defense vertically. And you have a guy, you have a guy or two that can do that. Now you just gotta be able to get the ball to him. And what jumped out at me was that. Watching the tape, I, I don't know all the stats. I'm not, I'm not some stat nerd, and and uh, you'll you'll learn that about me. I I watch the tape. I I'm a I'm a high sc- I'm a high school coach. I'm a coach by trade. I've been in football all my life, as far as that goes. So, and and you'll notice, um, you know, I, I'll I'll break down some recruit tape because uh, I've just found out we got that huddle is not against the rules to use. So, I'm gonna use that to my advantage for sure. So. When looking at the tape, you, you look at some of the throws that, that Nate Johnson made. You look at some of the throws that Diego Pavia makes. Now, obviously, on a highlight reel, they're probably going to hit those throws. But I think one of the concerns with Pavia, and I think this is where this is where Nate Johnson is a little bit better, is the deep ball accuracy, is being able to come off a play fake, plant, and drive the ball down the field. And I think that comes, I think that comes for, from Nate Johnson, I think, has a little bit better mechanics, I think he's got a better base. He's longer. He's more of a slingshot. Um, and he's just a guy that just the ball just comes off his hand very, very naturally. And so when he makes that fake, he can, you know, he's somebody that's very quick, very fast with his footwork to be able to get into a throwing posture really, really quickly um, and, and, and go and deliver that ball down the field. Uh, Pavia now is not scared if he's staring down the barrel of a, of a pass rush. And he needs to get it out quickly. And, you know, and, and he's not bad. I'm not saying like Nate Johnson can throw deep ball and Diego Pavia is just launching lollipops out there. But like, I, I think just overall accuracy, if you need somebody to hit a post round in stride, I, I think Nate Johnson is going to be your guy because he can get it out there um, up and over the, the upfield shoulder um, a little bit better than Pavia. And, you know, if Pavia is better at everything else except the deep ball, they'll find ways to kind of refine him in that in that area, and they'll find ways to take advantage of what he can do, uh, while also, 
you know, trying to use the deep ball just to keep defenses honest. Like I, I think I don't think they're going to throw that out if Diego Pavi ends up winning the job based on the other factors. But I, I think when you look at it, if it's close, if it's a really really tight race, and you got a guy that can throw a really good deep ball, throw in Nate Johnson. And I've seen somebody comment before. You know, they could go with a two quarterback system, which honestly I've never been a real big fan of. But I mean, I guess you could. You know, if you needed somebody that could come in and, and, and run a few package of plays like Nate Johnson, uh, zone read, uh, play action or a sprint out, and a deep ball, you know, like a play action deep ball. I think he could come in and do that kind of stuff. Uh, I think defenses would kind of get the hang of that and it would kind of defeat the purpose of it. But, like, I guess if you really wanted to and, and you could manage it, I, I guess you could do a two-quarterback system. But um, to me – to me, Nate Johnson, you know, if, if it comes down to that, and for Nate Johnson, he's got to prove that, like, he can even out – and this is where the physical attributes come in of, like, him making it a physical race because if it becomes into a physical talent race, that's where he wins because he can throw better uh, deep ball-wise. He's faster, smoother uh, than Pavia. He is – uh, he's better on the move. He can, you know, they did, they did a lot at Utah. So it's not like he was like a, a one trick pony there at Utah either, which I think a lot of people had that misconception because of what they saw him do against Florida. I mean, I guess, right. I guess rightfully so. I guess they're right to think that, but it's just not true. You watch a, I watched that final drive against Baylor. We all watched that on this channel, the final drive against Baylor. He did a bunch of different things. And it's impressive. Like he he can lead the quarterback spot and he can lead in a Tim Beck offense. He's just got to know the nuances and things like that. And he's got to show that he knows that. And he's got to really accentuate his his uh his best qualities. And one of those is deep ball accuracy. And that's where I think I think that's where that's another tick mark in Nate Johnson's column uh, versus Diego Pavia. So this race is gonna be fun. And it's gonna be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth back and forth. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. And uh, we'll uh, obviously keep you up to date on all things quarterback race. So that's going to do it here for us on the Lockdown Vandy podcast. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Hopefully you become an everydayer if you're not already. Um, and uh, hopefully you will, uh, hopefully you'll join the party and hopefully you'll tell a friend to, uh, to join in as well. So, for, with that, uh, good luck to the Vandy boys tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll get you ready for Eastern Kentucky tomorrow um, as we go into uh, the weekend series against Gonzaga. Lots of baseball uh, to talk about, which is good. But uh, we'll, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Anchor down.